The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to the final episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast here in the year 2023. Your host, Kevin Klein speaking. I am joined by Jake Reiner, as always, and Dusty Baker has made his return. Welcome back, Dusty. We're excited to have you on the show. Your Los Angeles Dodgers haven't made any big splashes in the last few days, but my goodness, this has still been the best offseason in Los Angeles Dodgers history. Shohei Otani, Tyler Glass now, and of course, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We're going to dive into his press conference in just a couple minutes. But on another note real quick, I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. I hope that you have fun New Year's plans. It's not my most favorite holiday, if I'm being quite honest. I like to just stay home and kind of hide from people, but I get it. I used to party hard, so I can definitely understand where you're coming from. And on another note, of course, If you didn't watch the live stream, then I want to, of course, wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I hope that Christmas was just awesome for all of you and that you got the gifts, ate the gingerbread men cookies, drank some eggnog, partied with your family, all that good stuff. So why don't we just dive into it right now? What a day, right? What a, I mean, what a day, what an off season. I mean, this is, (laughs) this has been like Christmas the entire time. It felt like when we were creeping into the winter meetings, there was nothing. There was literally all quiet on the Western front, and it didn't it didn't look great at the outset given all the expectations the Dodgers had. Then we were all misled to believe that Shohei Otani was going to the Blue Jays, which never happened. And then once that report was found to be completely erroneous, it was like the floodgates opened and the Dodgers were in business. They get Otani, they get Glass now, they get Yamamoto, and now it's like an, a stacked roster. Everyone, you're, you're either on two uh, sides of this argument, right? You're either on, this is great for baseball and this is great for the Dodgers, or the Dodgers are ruining baseball and this is terrible. So <laughs> it's, it's a fun place to be, honestly, when you're in the Dodgers camp, just getting to sit up here and look at all the people complaining and crying and coping with all the, just the misery that is their team when you look at the Dodgers. So for me, this is this was brilliant. I had an absolute blast watching both press conferences. But it was cool to see Yamamoto get up there with a uh, with a prepared statement in English. 
Um, I, I just applaud him for uh, even attempting it. And apparently, according to some reporting, um, he's been learning English a lot. And I think his sister is an English teacher, if I'm not mistaken. So that is just a really, really cool thing to watch to to watch. And then his personality is just it's very radiant. You know, it's very warm and energized. And I I, I just I, I kind of you kind of just fell in love with him when you watched the press conference. What did you think, Dusty? Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I echo all of that, first of all, that um, when you have a, a player that comes overseas, I think a lot of people just assume immediately that they're going to produce, that you know it's an easy transition for some reason for a lot of fans. They just kind of assume this, and you forget their people um, that – you know, they they may struggle with the language barrier. They may struggle with the little things like even the move, right? Uh, just going to the grocery store, trying to purchase, you know, you know, with a different um, type of currency. Uh, there's things that we don't think about, right? And so for Yamamoto to come over and to make it very clear immediately that he wants to be in L.A., uh, that he's going to try to, you know, communicate with the fans to the best of his ability, um, already doing that. I think, uh, you know, some people were saying these videos that the Dodgers are making of him, like at the Dodgers store and saying like two or three English words. And uh, it's like a sentence that like, people are like, oh, that's corny. What are you talking about? Like, can you imagine if you were signing a huge contract in a place where you couldn't speak the language or, uh, you know, you really what maybe. If, what if you were going are, to Japan? Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like it's it's a culture shock, right? So good for him for taking the initiative and for clearly making it something where you he's clearly likable, right? Like we can already, I think, agree that he's a likable player. Um, and to pair him with Shohei Otani, it's really awesome because Otani has some of these commercials where he's at least a little bit of English he's been speaking. So, uh, you know, I think the two of them maybe collectively together over time will be able to learn the language and just grow closer to teammates. Um, it also helps. I think when we heard about the names that were thrown out there of trying to recruit Yamamoto, that they were English speakers, right? Players that obviously are Dodger staples and, and cornerstones that are English speakers. And Yamamoto still felt comfortable enough to be able to come over just as Shohei did. So uh, that speaks volumes to me about the Dodgers organization, about the players involved in the organization. And also that speaks volumes about Otani and Yamamoto, that they're willing to be a part of this. So uh, just from a non-baseball standpoint, from a teammate standpoint, team chemistry, uh, I love it. I think it, it speaks volumes about all these players and could not be more excited. I, I know some people will look at the years, the contract, and, and kind of that'll obviously raise a lot of eyebrows. But the reality is you're getting a young kid that's got maturity already clearly on his side. Um, he's got filthy stuff, man. It's so fun to watch his bullpens. I've, I've watched endless video of just his mechanics um he's very sound he's smooth he's fluent with obviously how he just is able to you know go from point a to point b and his release is really impressive because it's it's like a straight up 12 6 uh is his arm angle so it's really fun to watch that um curious to see the breaking ball uh on a day-to-day -day basis because i think he's gonna have a filthy curve based off what i've read and seen the the fact that he was there in 2017, like you mentioned, watching Kenta Maeda on the mound in a playoff game, electric. He takes he ends up taking Kenta Maeda's number anyway, number 18. And to me, that like we all I think we all miss Kenta Maeda a little bit. Um, he he was such a 
a fun player to watch and also just his his kind of team player mentality. I know that he didn't want to go to the bullpen, but did so anyway and embraced that role and was a lockdown reliever in that role and then goes and gets a, a starting job with the Minnesota Twins. But it just speaks to Yamamoto and Otani being team players, especially Otani with the way that he deferred his contract. So the, these guys are are not here to become like, you know, the stars, isolated stars where they're, they're coming here to collect stats and all that stuff and accolades. These guys are coming here to win. They're coming here to win championships and, and say what you want about Dave Roberts. The, the, his, his probably his biggest strength is his ability to get all these players to buy in at once. There's no ego there. You've got guys like Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman already on the team there's never been an ego with those guys. They're they're just there to win. They're there to work and win. And the fact that all these superstars are buying into this sort of team first mentality, you couldn't want anything more than that. And especially coming from your very, very high priced talent in Yamamoto and Otani. Yeah. And, and just kind of to go off of that as well, I think, uh, Obviously, there's a history here, right, with uh, the Dodgers in the past of signing international players that have gone on to do great things. Uh, we can just start off by talking about Hideo Nomo, right? And so uh, the history of bringing that up and, and the culture that the Dodgers have cultivated, um, where obviously at the end of the day, th this is a team that values having cultural backgrounds that are different from those that uh, maybe grew up in an area down the street, right? Or uh, there's, weirdly enough, by the way, just because I'm in Kentucky, there are a lot of Kentucky players in the Dodgers organization we were talking about even before the show. Uh, so you have guys that are from out of state maybe, but then you bring in the cultural aspect of Japan and uh, South Korea. It's awesome to see the blend, right? And uh, yeah, having Kenta Maeda on this team, um, he had some serious huge starts for this organization um down the stretch in the playoffs he was really crucial uh I, I think that you look at the history though of past success of international players man and uh hyunjin ryu is another one that i'll bring up as well just uh, the talent that we've seen across the board and, and the influence that these guys have had probably on future generations of dodgers players and fans it, it's significant so um really exciting to have both otani and yamamoto come through here because uh, you get that background that it's kind of a tradition that they're building. I feel like, um, you know, something that I'd love to see is for them to continue to cultivate kind of uh, the Mexican culture as well. If they can find a player, uh, I'm not just saying this, but a Randy Rosarena would have been really cool uh, to be able to bring, you know, that face in here. And, um, you know, obviously the history that we have in, in that particular uh, side of things would be awesome to kind of build off of too. But uh, this is really impressive, man, what the Dodgers have done. And uh, let's also, Talk about the fact that their rotation is unreal now. It went from a weakness to arguably one of the strongest rotations in the entire league. So uh, from a baseball standpoint, unbelievable decisions they've made. Bringing Glass now, we can't forget him uh, because, man, what an addition Glass now is to this team. Uh, and with Yamamoto, you know, now all of a sudden we're talking about you could probably limit Glass now's innings a little bit during the regular season. You don't necessarily need him to go out there every single five games because Yamamoto brings you value. He brings you depth. Uh, and, you know, you got other faces like Bobby Miller, uh, Walker Bueller. When he makes his return, hopefully he'll be able to be limited a little bit, but gives you flexibility as Emmett Sheehan comes up. 
uh, Landon Knack. The list goes on and on, right? So this is just another huge addition, and reports indicate the Dodgers still may not be done in the rotation side of things, and also they may be looking for a bat, of course, as well. Well, yeah, I mean, they're you know the 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 Clayton Kershaw name is still out there, so we gotta keep an eye, gotta keep an eye on that guy. But yeah, they're they're still looking for a bat too. This this front office is is not done yet, and I think that uh, even Stan Caston, who gave an interview to uh, Sportsnet LA yesterday, was saying that Andrew Friedman is basically working as we speak uh, on, on improving the roster. So. Um, super excited. The one other uh, point that I wanted to make about the, the press conference that I thought was really cool was they had asked Yamamoto what, what Otani's influence was in making his decision to become a Dodger. And while he did credit Otani for reaching out to him and kind of spearheading this campaign to bring him over, he said, Yamamoto said that he probably would have ended up with the Dodgers anyway, right. um, <laughs> regardless of where Otani went, which is great because what it means is, is that he really does want to be here. And Otani really does want to be here. They want to be Dodgers. They want to play for this team. And you can't ask for anything more than that. The cultural shift in the Los Angeles Dodgers clubhouse is about to be monumental. Do you want to know why? Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and Tyler Glass now are perfect examples of players that want to be Los Angeles Dodgers. That's right. The key word here is want. The New York Mets and the New York Yankees did all they could to try to win over Yamamoto and Yamamoto was just not interested. I mean, you take a look just a couple years ago when the Dodgers traded for Trey Turner and it's not to say that Trey Turner didn't give it his all. He most certainly was an excellent player for the Dodgers. He was an all-star, one of the best shortstops in baseball and clearly got paid. But if you remember, Trey Turner didn't want to move to the West Coast. He's an East Coast guy. And you kind of felt like when the going got tough, Trey Turner got a little complacent and caved in. Max Scherzer, another big East Coast guy, came over to the Dodgers, but the moment he was a free agent, he ditched Los Angeles, moved back to the East Coast. Now you take a look back at Yamamoto and Otani. These are two guys that are about to be stars and wanted to be Dodgers. So I think what the Dodgers just got is going to be huge. This is a new change in leadership, and what Otani is going to bring in the clubhouse along with Yamamoto these are two guys that are proud to be Los Angeles Dodgers and I just cannot wait to see what they're going to bring to this ball club for this upcoming season I am absolutely thrilled what the Dodgers are doing so far and I'm just honestly super excited god that's going to be such a sweet moment and and, uh, think about the moments that are about to occur where Otani takes his first at bat You have Yanomoto taking the mound for the first time. You get Glass now, which, okay, I got to tell you a quick story here because it's it's very bizarre, but Glass now and I grew up in the same area. In fact, my mom actually, she was a Spanish teacher. Uh, She believes she taught Glass now in her Spanish class. She's not 100% certain. She did teach James Shields, uh, but Glass now pitched at the same high school as Trevor Bauer. Uh, We're not going to talk too much about that, but he did also pitch at the same high school that Robert Vince Skoyak, who was my hitting coach and, of course, the Dodgers hitting coach now, uh, he played at, which is very interesting. It, it, the, the whole dynamic is strange. Hart High School is is the school in Santa Clarita, California. And uh, so being from Santa Clarita, we knew of Glass now for a, while, a, a long time. Like, we knew that he was going to be something special. 
I think that even people from back in my hometown, they're just blown away by how unbelievably effective he is. I have a couple friends that caught a bullpens from him recently and told me they've never caught filthier stuff. And, and they've caught major league talent before too. And, and they've said that it's just the sharp movement that he has, the, the slow delivery that then all of a sudden you get the late bite. It's, it's unreal what they've been able to do to, to reel him in. So um, really excited to see the moment that Glass now gets uh, when he gets to pitch in his hometown team, Dodger Stadium, uh, in his home stadium. So th that's going to be really special. You get three major moments there. Uh, after a time where really, you know, I don't think a lot of people talk about this. The 2020 World Series, obviously you do that during the pandemic, right? You have that, you win the championship in front of a quarter of a crowd in Texas. Dodgers don't even get a parade. Right. They don't get a chance to go celebrate in the streets. They don't get a chance to celebrate in front of their fan base. It's almost like, OK, congrats, you won. It's over. On to the next one. And then uh, as things started to return back to normal, people, of course, call it the Mickey Mouse ring, all that. They're, it's almost like they're made fun of for winning a championship. It, it hasn't been fair to Dodgers fans based off of what's happened of late, of what's happened over the last decade or two decades. The fact that they've had to endure all these brutal postseason losses and the one that they get, they don't even get to celebrate. So what a special moment and opportunity the fans get to finally actually celebrate something, getting Otani, Yamamoto and glass now. And hopefully by the end of the year, they get to celebrate a world series championship at their home stadium and get the parade they deserved all along. Apparently uh, Yamamoto is an awesome javelin thrower. Now this is something I have no experience in. I'm a little scared to be honest, but it even goes as far as it looks like the Dodgers might have gifted him a brand new set. But apparently with the javelin throwing, Yamamoto discovered a few years ago that it kind of helps with recovery and limits the pain in his shoulder and elbow after he throws pitches. So just another uh, interesting guy that you're adding to the Dodgers collection, Yamamoto, an elite javelin thrower on top of a, an elite pitcher. You're not, you're not a javelin thrower, Kevin? I could have sworn that you looked like the type that would – <laughs> throw a javelin from time to time no um i, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna uh, come up with uh, we're gonna hear about all these like different little quirky things that we've never heard of before uh the, the way that the way that yamamoto has trained the way that you know, otani has trained i'm just so excited for the the different stories to come out about this team when you think about 20 the 2024 season it, I, I saw someone tweet today that it's going to be a movie it really is i mean it, it's it's going to be one of the most electric years one way or the other because either the dodgers are going to have this incredible season go to the postseason win a world series or they're going to have an incredible regular season and get punked in the playoffs again and either way it's going to be insane like it's going to be a social media meltdown regardless of what happens so I'm excited, just as anybody would be, to see what happens with this team this year. Do you guys think, you know, with obviously so much transition, right? You have Otani that has, he obviously had to get Tommy John surgery, right? So he's not going to be able to pitch this year. You have Yamamoto shifting over to America and uh, moving to the West Coast. Uh, you have Glass now coming over from the AL East to the NL West. Uh, do you think Dodgers fans deserve to have high expectations on day one that they play? Or do you think that they're going to give them a little bit of breathing room just to make the adjustments? Because I think one thing that concerns me a little bit is the expectation that the moment they take the field, 
they're expected to pitch and play and hit at a the highest level there is, right? The second that happens. And I kind of touched on a little bit the human element that there is going to be somewhat of a human element for all three of these guys, right? So where where is the expectation where, okay, these guys need to perform on day one? Is it day 10? Is it day 20? Go ahead, Dusty, what'd you say? No, no, Jake, that's all you, I I, I completely agree. I, if Otani's hitting 200 in week two, I'm not worried. Let's just put it No, that way. I'm not worried either. And I think that um, expectations of Otani are gonna be higher than Yamamoto, let's say, to start. Because Otani's been in the league for six years. So you kind of expect him to just continue swinging the bat the way we know he can swing the bat. As far as Yamamoto goes, I, I, I would, give him as much breathing room, as much margin for error as as it allows for him to get acclimated uh, to the mound. But honestly, just watching the way he has pitched in Japan, and this is not just like, you know, the best pitcher in Japan, right? And how can we compare the best pitcher in Japan to the best pitcher in the United States? This guy owned Japan. I mean, there, there was, he was unhittable in, in the years That's for he sure. pitched in Japan. He has two no-hitters for Christ's sake. I mean, he is, he is by far and away the most dominant pitcher in in the in the country. So, to me, like I don't think that there's going to be this sort of like you know uh, growing pains for him because he's so good and he's so young and he throws the ball so hard and he has a great mix of pitches that I feel like he's going to come out of the gate hot and he's going to come out of the gate dominant. But if he doesn't. You know, you you got you give him that grace period to try and figure things out. But I agree, Kevin. I mean, you know, not only will Dodgers fans kind of like try to jump ship in the in the month of April, but you'll see the rest of the league's fans kind of jump on top of them too. With with the amount of money that they spent this off season, there are going to be people that are going to be clowning us from just all walks of life. But you know something. X has a great feature called bookmarks. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. You click the bookmark, and then once the Dodgers take over first place in the NLS, you let the receipts fly, and that's just how it works. Oh, I already know the reaction that we're going to expect if the Dodgers get off to a slow start in the month of April and finish around 500. There's going to be at least 5% of Dodgers fans out there that act like the sky is falling. They're going to say this. They're going to say that this team is fraudulent. They're going to call out the ownership for overspending for guys like Otani and Yamamoto. There are just people out there that inevitably follow the standings every day. And you don't need to do that in the month of April because there are so many games in the regular season. A team like the Dodgers have the luxury of easing their way into the season so that they can start to build momentum in the second half. So for the majority of fans, I'm sure there'll be cool, calm, and collective but for that small 5%, they're going to be the loudest voice you see on social media. They're going to be like, oh, how is this team in first place, whoever it should be? And they're going to act like, yeah, the standings are decided in the month of April, where time after time, you just know a team that is especially experienced like the Dodgers. They know how to figure it out. So I'm going to be calm. I'm not going to be worried at all if they get off to a slow start to begin. Let's take a quick timeout right here to talk about TickPick. With the Super Bowl chase just around the corner and you're looking to support your team as they fight for a playoff spot, look no further than to download the TickPick app. There are no service fees at checkout and you'll get the best prices compared to anywhere else on the open market. If you want to get those Dodgers opening day tickets or you're looking to go to a game this season, download the TickPick app because there's no service fees at checkout. All you need to do is download TickPick, search up your favorite event. It's as simple as that. 
concerts, basketball, you name it, all on the TickPick app. Again, no fees at checkout. You won't be disappointed. I would, uh, I would assume based off his track record in Japan, because he can throw 120, 130 pitches comfortably in a game. And I think the biggest thing that differentiates Yamamoto versus regular pitchers these days is they're all pretty dependent on velocity and swing and miss stuff versus Yamamoto. It's looking like he's a fair comp to Greg Maddox, where this guy is really, really reliant on accuracy and locating pitches. And so I'm hoping that this plays in Major League Baseball and he doesn't have to be as dependent on gas. Rather, he is just so accurate with his pitches this allows him to be one of the most durable innings eaters in the game. Yeah, and his motion, he it, it's almost like he's more of a professional thrower than he is a pitcher. Just just it's his motion is so simple and it looks it almost resembles those motions of like the dead ball era like all the way back, you know, uh the, in the beginning of of baseball where guys didn't really have a leg kick and they kind of just stood on the mound and just threw it, you know, reared back and threw the ball. Um he's kind of got that old school feel to him which is which is really cool. Yeah, watching his bullpen video, I, like I said before, I I just I watch that on repeat because you talk about somebody that's mechanically sound. He's like the definition of it. And actually, I love the Greg Maddox comparison because uh, after just doing some digging and watching uh, highlights from the World Baseball Classic, uh, the main thing Yamamoto seems to have a strength over a lot of other pitchers with is he spots every pitch, right? And he spots it beautifully. Um, whether that be his fastball, his breaking ball, I I'm stoked to see what he does with the curveball. Just if he's more of a guy that's willing to want to throw that for a strike or if it's that filthy that he can throw it anywhere uh, in or out of the zone to the point where – um, he's willing to uh, locate that. It looks like we may have lost Kevin for a second there, but uh, we will uh, keep going until uh, he comes back. Uh, at the end of the day, one thing that I am really interested by, uh, whether it be watching Yamamoto pitch, whether it be watching Otani make a shift over from the Angels to the Dodgers, uh, I think that watching the rest of this Dodgers team combined with these guys, like the way that they mesh, is something I'm genuinely curious to watch, uh, the yeah. team chemistry aspect. You know, like we we talk all about a face that comes in, and you can just tell genuinely that Shohei Otani is one of these guys that is a genuine soul. Kevin is back. That's also a genuine soul right there. Um, and then you also have <laughs> Yamamoto, who seems like just the nicest guy in the world making these videos. Tyler Glass now, I don't know if you watch or follow him on Instagram. Um, obviously, I know from childhood, just from the area of, hearing stories from other people that he's a genuinely good person. You're adding three people that are great human beings to that locker room of a Freddie Freeman, a Mookie Betts. Uh, you hope that Clayton Kershaw can return and just kind of stabilize that even more. But, but you've got a team of guys that are wanting to win and you are adding competitors that are good human beings. And I just think that, that is something special uh, that I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see day one, how that works. Um, and uh, really, really thrilled for that, especially because, you know, the Dodgers, not necessarily over the last few years, but like just recently in, in the last year or two, maybe uh, have had the drama of the Arias. They've had the drama of Bauer. It's nice to bring in some faces where you just know on day one that they are going to be solid human beings that should fit in nicely in the clubhouse. And I'm thrilled about that. I love the idea of having really good human beings on this team, but I really hope that once October comes around, we get some dogs, dogs in that yeah. clubhouse. Yeah. And I think Otani kind of coming in and, and taking over that leadership role from Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, because let's be honest, 
Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are not your vocal leaders. They're lead by right. example guys. They're grind it out, you know, get on the field early, work through their swing, all of those things. They're grinders. But Otani is a leader. And I'm reminded of the clip of Otani speaking to his teammates team on Team Japan in the Thought clubhouse. Exact same thing. Yes. Prior to the championship game of the World Baseball Classic between USA, he was basically like, look, you know, they've got Mookie Betts. They got Mike Trout. They got Paul Goldschmidt. Forget all of that. We've got talent in this room to win this game. We're going to go out there and do it. And they did. And and the image of Otani running from the dugout to the bullpen to warm up to face Mike Trout in that situation, I mean, that is what you want in October. That's what we've been waiting for in October. And I think Yamamoto has that same mentality. Yeah, I love that point. In fact, I think the words of Otani, he said something along the lines of, don't adore them. I, I think that's how the translation yeah. was. And I loved that because he he made it very clear that you can respect the competition on the other side. And uh, the Japanese obviously known for being very respectful in, in, in their play. And uh, obviously at the end of the games, they bow down to the other team as far as just they take a bow saying, you know, good game, congrats on, on the accomplishments they've had. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's the winning chip that you need. And, and the I, I like the point a lot about the dogs because I think that's what you need. Uh, Glass now, I think something that people don't bring up a lot is Glass now was also this close to potentially winning a World Series title. And that was just that it happened oh, against know. the team that he grew up. Right. I mean, it's it's the fact that he probably has that taste in his mouth of being so close, but no cigar. And now all of a sudden the team that beat him, he has a chance to join him. If you can't beat him, join him. Right. And uh, to win a title with his hometown team, I guarantee you there's nothing that's going to drive him more. Um, and, you know, a lot of these comments, it seems that uh, people are feeling the same way. I assume all three of us do, which is we do want to see Kershaw back. Right. And uh, you want to see one last go with him here. And I think that would really solidify a chapter of what has been really brutal for the Dodgers uh, of just kind of that taste of the championship 2017, the pain of that 2018, kind of the fallout a little bit and the Red Sox just being as great as they were. Um, and then the, the frustrations we've dealt with outside of 2020, right? Even with 2020, um, this, this fan base deserves the most right now. And uh, to have these three chips come over, it's going to be so significant um, from the on the field experience that you get to in the clubhouse uh to that winning mentality they, they bring it all and and so i can't thank the dodgers uh front office enough for actually giving this team a real shot with players that want that shot after Klasse, they might as well try and get bieber as well because you can never have enough starting pitching but also that's going to be a haul for those two players and the dodgers obviously have the haul to give to cleveland but if you're just going after one guy let's say if it's just class a i don't necessarily want to go all in on just one player if you can get two players out of that deal giving up a vargas a bush or gavin stone one of those guys or a couple of those guys thrown in the trade then i'm all for it and i think the question also asked about uh bednar and reynolds of the pirates and I'll just say this again about the Pittsburgh Pirates. They never, they never give, they, they, they always hold the Dodgers hostage for some reason. So their asking price is always going to be through the roof. So I'm, I'm very weary with dealing with the Pirates. Shane Bieber, uh, you know, we talked, uh, I've talked a lot about the, the hometown idea, right? 
uh, Shane Beaver pitched at UCSB. Um, so obviously you get the California connection right there. Um, on top of that, though, I, I do have one concern, and it's just simply that you don't want a rotation that's completely full of injury-prone guys of recent injury, right? And so Bieber, of course, was shut down last year due to right elbow inflammation. So that might be my one concern is just how healthy is Bieber um, after last year because the name itself, oh, my goodness, you add a Bieber to your rotation, I don't care where you slot him in the rotation, he's filthy when he's on. The question is is he good enough to be yeah. on, right? And, and also, uh, so we, and we also don't... the fact that, you know, we've talked about this a lot too, and we also mentioned Kershaw earlier, but that's an mm-hmm. all right-handed rotation if you add yep. a Bieber to this mix. So uh, that's another thing. But the, but the injury part, I think, is the bigger issue uh, than whatever hand he pitches with because the Dodgers have a lot of injury-prone pitchers already. And if we're talking about Kershaw, there's another one. So... I, I I don't know. I, I'd be weary. That's that's why, like, if you're going to get one of those players, I'd rather get both of them. Agreed. Makes yeah, sense. I, I, real, real in both. And, and, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're making that move, uh, you know, your primary focus truly is class A to, to solidify um, the back end of that bullpen right there. And, and you're reeling in a top closer, right? Like, you're not reeling in a decent guy. For, for those that don't watch the Guardians, which probably are the masses out there, uh, this is a lockdown closer right like you're talking about an all-star closer um who shuts the door time in time out and uh, you can basically expect to have a sub two five ERA with this guy uh Shane Bieber filthy stuff when he's on but he's not your primary guy if you're bringing him in uh and you just you just wonder what that injury still looks like right elbow inflammation always scares me uh just slightly so um and his numbers have dropped off a little bit but hey coming back to California to a winning organization you never know what that'll do for a guy, too. So I, I'm totally on board with the idea behind it. Um, I'm curious to see what the operation as far as players in exchange would be. I, I think that you may end up having to hear Bush's name, which, you know, at this point, Bush is blocked. So do you part with a guy like Bush? I, I don't know. Um, I, think you, I, I, mean, I wonder I think what you have to. If you're, if you're going to make I think a you trade, you've got to have to yeah. sell high on Michael Bush, and he's at the height uh, of agreed. his powers right now. I think the guy that you absolutely and I don't even know at this point, you can't really even call it selling high. It's basically selling at the the point where it's almost the point of no return is Diego Cartaya. Uh, he's a young player, but my goodness, his past season was just atrocious. And uh, when you have Dalton rushing coming up in the system, uh, somebody's going to get blocked, right? You already have Will Smith there. And uh, at and some point in time, about you have Fiducia some, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you just wonder, you wonder if, at this point, the Dodgers have a surplus. Why not take advantage of that and address an area that is in need, especially if you're trying to go out and win right now? You are not – I needed to make this very clear to people. You are not sacrificing the farm if you're parting with prospects, right? You're not sacrificing it if they're being blocked. You have to find that way where a player that should be called up that doesn't have an opportunity, you, you can maximize that value. And Dodgers have such a deep system – that they can afford to do that. So some people don't like the idea of trading prospects at all. If you're going to get a good player, you have to trade good pieces, right? That's generally how it is. Um, yeah. Obviously, the years of the deal, all that you know, contract, that plays a huge role. But in this case, if you're going to get a Class A, you're not going to trade the 30th prospect in your system and call it a done deal, right? That's just not how this works. Um, so expect that a prospect that, you know, the prospect hover, huggers love, like, and rightfully so, that that will probably be on the move if, if that trade is executed 
I would expect a Bush, maybe a Cartaya. May, maybe it is a rushing. I don't know. Uh, but somebody's going to be on the move, and people are going to have to accept the fact that if you want a good player, if you want a, you know, a dominant closer, you're going to have to give up pieces. And unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, we really apologize. We had to cut the episode short right there. The rest of the audio just couldn't be salvaged. But if you want to listen to the entire episode, because there is a lot more content, you can find the full episode over on our YouTube channel, The Incline Dodgers. There we dive into some more depth, talk about more relievers, outfielders, and answer some fun questions as well as play a fun game. But wanted to thank every single one of you for following the Incline Dodgers podcast this year. Season 6 coming up for 2024. Your Los Angeles Dodgers aren't done making moves. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll see you next year in 2024. Go Dodgers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.